Welcome to Sloppy Spoilers with your host, DT2. What's up, y'all? DT2 Comics Chatter here. Welcome to another episode of Sloppy Spoilers. On this episode, we're going to be continuing our review of the Alien series, and we're going to go to 2004's Alien vs. Predator, or AVP. And we've got a lot to say about that, so let me bring my co-host right on in. Welcome to David Nemesis Howard. What's up, Dave? Hey, what's going on, everybody? I have emerged from underneath the Mayan pyramid underneath the ground. So, you know, <laughs> here I am in California. I've come up. I have defeated everybody except for I had a headache in my head, but... You don't need to hear about that. I'm here. I'm ready to talk AVP. Let's do it. Welcome to Archaeology Master Steve Shadewing Sellers. What up, Steve? No, uh, there's no, nothing you can possess which I cannot take away. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, life is good. Um, I'm, I'm kind of curious about this movie. This was like one of the few of the later Aerialine films that I did see previously. So it's going to be interesting to talk about this one. And what's up to Jeff, Dr. Faye Bracey? What's up, Bracey? In space, no one can hear you. <laughs> oh, crap. We're on Earth this time, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Alien versus Predator. Um, first of all, I have to say that all this was the wrong direction. <laughs> By the time this movie is over, both monsters are less scary, which is the wrong way you want to go for any type of horror-based franchise. One. Two. What they fail to real not realize, particularly with the Predators, the Predators are based on an extremely limited premise. Mm. So there's only so much you can do with them unless you know how to be super creative and expand that. I'll get into that more later. And so number three, uh, when you have essentially an entire movie full of red shirts, I bet you cannot name one person besides Sanaa Lathan's character. And I just had to look that up. Besides her, you know, can you name any of those people? Can you name any of their functions? It didn't make any difference. And so, only one. huh? Only, only Waylon. Waylon, right, right, because of Waylon Yutani, right? So, so right off the bat, this movie feels like, uh, how can I put it? <clears throat> what a lot of people don't understand is that there's two components to human behavior. One is what you do, and the other one is the spirit that you do it in. People don't get that. That has a scent, like a cake, or uh, or your body when you're coming fresh out the shower, or flowers. It smells like something. You can smell it. It's a spiritual smell, but when it's on something, you can tell that people ain't crazy. And when you just throw something together and you say, if we just put this in the name, if we put this on the marquee, they'll watch it. We can feel that as an audience, and that's what this was. We're going to put these two famous movie monsters in the movie, it'd be great. No, you have to write a story. You have to write a story. You have to give us reasons. And as we go through this review, you'll see that it's head scratching, head scratching. So, so those are my initial thoughts. And it's not that I don't enjoy watching it. It's just, it's a, you have to shut your brain off, watch it kind of movie. Then you can enjoy it. If you think about it critically at all, as you're about to see, it doesn't hold up. So let me hear uh, some initial thoughts from my co-host. Start with Nemesis. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with that part where you have to shut your brain off. I enjoy this movie, but I enjoy it as a video game movie. As mm. a video game movie, this is a great movie. As a part of the Alien or Predator franchise, not so much. You know, and I definitely agree with that part. But as a video game movie where I'm just putting a bunch of bots in there and watch them get taken out by monsters, I watch that every day of the week. It's fun. It's entertaining. It's cool. And if I just want to turn my brain off and watch the mindless violence and I'm not in the mood for like a John Wick, I want to see some, you know, alien monster violence, then I'll put this on, you know, and it's good. Um, the only other thing I'll say is I think your point about the monsters is right on. Uh, but I think that started even earlier, especially with the predator. No offense to this movie. Uh, but, uh, and, and Bill Paxton was in both these movies. So God bless him. And I, I liked him in, in predator too, but mm. you know, it, the predator kicked Arnie's ass and he barely got out alive. And then you're telling me Danny Glover took him out. Come on, man. I like Daddy Glover, but come on, man. You know, it's like, no, no. <laughs> Just to take it aside before we fully review that film, uh, the problem there was the same problem with a lot of overmatched fights. That is the stronger opponent keeps making stupid mistakes. So they keep making rookie mistakes or stupid mistakes or stuff that they would never normally do. And that's the mm -hmm. only way the other person can win because you can't add up any of what happened in that movie and make it make sense. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, you look at Danny, I, I still can't get over that. It's like, I really have to shut my brain off on that one. And I do watch that movie on occasion, but it's like Danny Glover killed a predator, you know, and, 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 and he came out of it pretty much unscathed. And I'm just like, I, you know, the eye rolling, I sprained my eyes after that. So. Well, you know, it contains one of my biggest pet peeves, and that is where your opponent knows how to use your tech better than you do. So he mm. gets the predator's batarang, and he knows how to hold it, and he knows how to use it, he knows how to operate it. How? That's alien technology. It shouldn't even respond to a human hand. See, that's why. See, I can't take it. I have to shut my mind off. <laughs> Go ahead, Bracey. Initial thoughts on AVP. You know, I have a, I have a really big problem with this. Uh, seeing as how in our previous discussions, I know that you're fully invested in the uh, – the Dark Horse Alien and Predator comics, uh, specifically the Alien comics from what we've said before. This was done. And that's what Predator 2 teased, is it teased the alien skull in the uh, Predator 2 ship. Yes. So we all look forward to this. And uh, this story had already been told and exceedingly well in the comics. And they take a lot from those comics and they put them in this movie. But the big mistake is, is they don't, pay the story forward. The smart thing about Aliens, the smart thing about most cases of Star Trek is you keep moving forward in the story. You keep moving forward in the timeline. Going back is almost always a mistake. So what do we do here? We set it, you know, like oh, aliens have been around like uh, the ancient aliens. They were the predators and they hunted the... What? No. How, really? We, there's, we've got no evidence of this whatsoever. Like, there was never a mistake. There was never like a, an alien infestation left behind. Never a piece of uh, uh, predator tech left behind. But then again, maybe that explains that Wayland Utani. But here's that problem we have again. I'm doing the work of the story. I should never have to do the work of the story. And setting this scenario on a uh, on a farm planet established by humans in, a, in the far-flung future works so much better. Uh, you don't have to go out to this Antarctic location. 
you can keep it in a location that makes sense because like the aliens, the predators have lore. The predator lore is they thrive in hot environments. And now we put them in the friggin' Arctic, and I've got to read outside of the movie. Once again, I've got to do the work for you that the special netting that they're wearing is keeping them warm. Well, that's BS. There's never been anything about that. Nothing referential of that at all. And last but not least, the it's like you said. Like I've got to think of it. And it, it your analysis is brilliant. Video game, especially with like the shifting pyramid, it becomes a platformer. Uh, but and I like the work of Paul S. Anderson uh, to a degree. And this is terribly mishandled by a guy who can usually do movies that I find very entertaining, because he makes the mistake of taking almost an hour to get to the aliens and predators, and that's what we're here for. And uh, I don't understand why he's trying to build up mystery when these things have been around like for uh, 20 and 10 years respectively at the time of this film. We know what these creatures are. There's no need to try and build up this mystery. There's no need to try and, and build up this fake suspense and this fake horror element. We know what the things are, and even then, you kind of fail on the horror element because you're an action director. Uh your, your only successful horror movie is uh, is Event Horizon, and that doesn't have like these big action set pieces, which he has done with, with Mortal Kombat and uh, the Resident Evil series. And again, that's a video game movie, and this movie shows how he's going to be very successful, that sort of thing, but he, he fails here. Yeah, it really does. Go ahead, Steve, initial thoughts. I'm not saying it's the aliens, but it's the aliens. <laughs> uh, I, let's get that out of the way yeah because that, that's the thing with what this movie is there are a lot of really good ideas in it um i, I really like the whole ancient alien concept that they're playing into, into this film but the thing is it doesn't fit with alien uh or predator lore that we've seen uh thus far at all it's just a bad fit it would have made more sense to do it with the engineers because they're the ones the actual design is yeah, these were the guys that created humans, so they came to hum uh, came to Earth to do stuff. You know, we could have found uh, this being like one of the locations where they did that, and they and they find this out, and then maybe like they awaken something. Okay, that would have been a movie. The, yeah. This movie, it's like they just force fit the aliens and the predator into something it's not designed for because somebody wanted to do an ancient alien film, and it's it's just a bad fit. And yeah, it is a video game movie because Paul W S Anderson makes video game movies. And he doesn't know how not to make a video game movie. And this ended up being one, even though it shouldn't have been. So, yeah, if he had made an Indiana Jones film, I think, you know, he would have done a great job with that. But that's not what this movie is. And that's really a large part of the problem. Um, and, and it's not even, like, good in, in the sense of being in a good, an, alien, uh, an ancient alien movie because it makes all sorts of mistakes because the research is so bad. Uh, we'll probably get into that a little bit later, but... Like, uh, there's like they, they go and, and they do these things with the Aztecs that were clearly more based on what the Maya was doing and mm -hmm. things like this, you know, um, and, and I'll get more into detail probably when we discuss those things. But, you know, you know, all these things, if you know anything whatsoever about uh, archaeology or history or anything like that, even like a, a you know, a very basic, you know, grounding of this. You're, you're kind of looking at the stuff and you're saying you, these people didn't do their homework whatsoever and it takes you out of the movie. So, yeah, it's a lot of things that uh, don't make sense. I think the alien and the predator are not like convincing uh, opponents in this movie. The predators especially get, you know, are, are just really taken down a peg 
uh, because they're on the defensive for most of the movie and they get killed in stupid ways on, on top of everything else. And then you get the humans getting killed in stupid ways. And, you know, it's just one of those things where you're just waiting for these characters to die because you don't know who they are and you don't care who they are. Um, and, and at least one of them was actively annoying and that was the Scotsman. And so, <laughs> so it's like, you're, it's, it's like a Friday the 13th movie, uh, again, where it's just like, okay, I'm rooting for the, for the alien to kill these guys because I don't like them and, you know, and all of that. So the, the, the result is a movie, which, um, I don't think it's terrible. It's not as bad as the last two we've, we've talked about. Um, but it is a, a movie that is very shut your brain off. It is a very video game movie. And you know it's fun, you know, on the on an action level, but you know, on on, but as a whole, yeah, I've seen better. It's it's funny you say Friday the Thirteenth because this movie, looking back on it now, reminds me a lot of the same problems you had when you tried to match together Freddy and Jason, and yeah. Freddy versus Jason. That's basically what it is. It's Freddy and Jason with Alien and the Predator. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now the tradition of monster versus monster stretches out quite stretches back quite a uh, bit, especially in Japanese film. It's not a Dracula new concept. Versus Frankenstein. Huh? Dracula versus Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. yeah. Back to the 40s, man. Yeah, it's not a new concept. It goes back to black and white days easily. But the question is always, are you going to actually have a story that makes sense to set them up? Or are you just going to put them in the same arena and let them fight? This movie's the second one. Okay, and even that doesn't make a lot of sense, but I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna show you both from a fan point of view and from a writer's point of view, how it literally fails from the jump. The premise of everything that happens in this movie, all of it is wrong. So that's why you gotta shut your brain off. And also, just to key in off of what Steve said, you'll see it more when we talk about the next movie. These two movies, the AVP movies, suffer from the same thing that happens in comic books it depends on who's writing because in this movie they have quite a few predators quite a few aliens in the next movie they have one cleaner predator that takes out almost all the aliens so you know the power differential is arguments we have all the time about superman and captain marvel and flash versus anybody or wonder woman or that kind of thing or captain marvel scarlet witch or phoenix it depends on who's writing. There's nothing consistent. But in this movie, again, I'll show you from all different kinds of angles. First off, first off, the first thing that fails is the timeline. I'm trying to understand if Waylon it knows about this temple or does, does he know about the aliens? Because we know when Ripley and the Stromo go out there, they were sent out there to get this thing. So this couldn't have been, well, I mean, he dies, spoiler alert, he dies in the film. So did other people take this information back? Were they aware of the aliens and the predators or was it really just an archeological dig? And if it was, that also was ridiculously foolish because when you go down there understaffed and undermanned, undercrewed, you're already putting yourself in a dangerous position to not make it out. And what if there's treasure out there that you need large machines to excavate? So many different things that a seasoned person, I mean, I know Alexa tried to tell him, but I mean, whaling should have more sense. When you have that kind of money, what you want to do is fund it well. So it's a success. And this was like a almost last minute kind of scrappy band. We have something to prove kind of thing. 
And I'm like, no, you'd be more savvy than that if you're the head of a multinational corporation. And then on top of all that, you can't, <laughs> you can't have this be a setup by the predators. Do you know why? Because it would it should mean that they would never lose. How can you lose against an enemy you've been fighting against for hundreds of years? You know, you don't have acid proof equipment by now. You don't have acid splash reflective stuff by now. You don't know not to take your mask off around face huggers by <laughs> now. You know, oh, oh my goodness. See, the predators are intelligent. The aliens are intelligent, but the predators are next level intelligent and humanoid. So there's no way since they're a hunter species that they wouldn't compensate for who they're fighting. That that makes no sense. If you just met them, I could see this movie. You've been fighting these creatures since back. There's a civilization underneath the earth that was alive when you was fighting them. That makes no sense. How could you lose? Don't you know every trick they have by now? Acid blood, tail, teeth, mouth inside the teeth, face. Don't you know all that? Of course, you know all that. Then, on top of all that, I just said, you can't have a big old laser shoot down from the sky and excavate a hole in Antarctic and the rest of the world not respond to it. How could every government on Earth say, what just happened? What, what, what was that? We, we detected a seismic shift in the Earth and looked like there's a hole at the top of the world. Maybe we should check that out. What you think? Hell, the people right there didn't even notice. <laughs> right, right. And number four, you can, oh, see, that's why I can't talk about this stuff. God, you just made me be mad. Number four, <laughs> you can't have a flashback story of, what was it, like 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 aliens against the predators in the flashback. You remember that? I got one question for you. Well, where did all the aliens chest burst out of? Was that all minds? Was that all people? Okay, because if, if that is the case, you killed the civilization and changed history. Just let yeah. that hit. <laughs> if you can, if you just bursted all the people that have that many aliens, you changed history, you wiped out a civilization. How would history not record that? How would history not record there once was a thriving civilization, then there was a big old explosion, and we don't know what happened. You see how it did fail at all. It just fails from the jump, okay? So I want to hear your thoughts, but all that stuff I said about just the premise, the premise of what the movie asks us to believe on every level to me is ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Go ahead, Steve, because I know you got a lot to say. You start. Yeah, all of this is just complete nonsense. And, and part of it is like, okay, uh, they, they were apparently the people behind the Aztecs and like some other civilizations that all use pyramids. They're all use pyramids, so therefore they're they're all like basically the same civilization. Well, I had a college professor once who told me that the reason that they did that was because it was the easiest thing to build. <laughs> so it's like, no, it's a coincidence. Um, you know, and they have this whole, but they have this whole this whole thing like all of this was going on with the Aztecs, um, and they're when they're confusing them with the Maya. <laughs> Um, because it's the Maya that was the civilization that ended abruptly. The Aztecs were wiped out by, by the Spaniards when they invaded. Uh, so it's like they're not even doing basic, basic homework here. Um, the whole thing with, a, with a hundred, this happening 100 years 
uh, before it started over in the Antarctic, uh, that, that they had the, the last one 100 years? Well, there's one problem with that. They're using the wrong calendar, okay? They, the, this is 100 years according to the Gregorian calendar, which they didn't use. The Mayan <laughs> long count is what they actively reference. The, the long count is 52 years. So they would be killing people 52 years, not 100 years. So the, the, so the math is from the scrum is wrong because they're using the wrong calendar. And, and then they asked us to expect, uh, you know, all this stuff to be readable in, in Aztec, like the language wouldn't have evolved uh, over like the thousands of years that this would have happened. Um, you, you know, do you, there was at least a couple of precursor civilizations to the Mayans and the Aztecs that we know of, and their language wasn't exactly the same. I mean, all these basic things that are, it's just bad research. And then they expect us to think, you know, that, that, that all of this would add up. And then when you start adding in the fantastical stuff, like the aliens and the predators, um, you know, why would the aliens have been there at this point in time? And why would there not have been a total earth hive at some point? How would human civilization have been even been allowed to exist if the aliens know where the, where the planet earth is and have hives there? You know, you know, how would they have even been allowed to have been a spacefaring race if the aliens had lived that long, even accounting for the predators? And the predators probably would have been doing a lot of killing of humans too during that period. So that changes the whole of human history. So to me, it makes absolutely no sense for either race to have been involved, you know, with human development until they uh, hit the stars or, or at least until the beginning of the first Predator film. Um, it, it's all completely ridiculous on, on every conceivable level in addition to the stuff that, that DT already discussed as to why all of this is stupid. Um, you know, from, 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 you know, the whole business of the beacon. Yeah. Why isn't everybody seeing that, uh, you know, to, you know, why is Whalen rushing all of this stuff going on? I mean, he's, he's acting like he's completely driven by his own ego, you know, rather than because he wants this to be done right. Uh, which is like, okay, I guess, but it, it, the, the only thing I might buy, uh, is like, okay, the, the predators not having equipment that would, uh, you know, be acid splash because, you know, it might have been that um, because this was a train, a group of trainees, of predator trainees, you know, maybe they would have given them crappy weapons uh, to start with, you know, so that they could prove their worth, uh, their, you know, their adulthood, basically, which is why they were there. Uh, because we know that they had better weapons and that that was the main part of the plot was for them to find uh, the, the advanced weapons that were in the middle of the pyramid. Okay, so you give them crappy weapons to start with, and then they level up because they burned it. Okay, I buy that. But I don't buy, what I don't buy is the predators not knowing uh, what the aliens are and how to, to deal with them tactically. You know, the predators are usually very smart tacticians. They usually know, you know, how to exploit the weaknesses of their enemies in, in, in order to hunt them. Uh, there's none of that. I mean, yeah, the, the business of taking off the, the, the helmet, you know, and getting and getting face hugged and all that. Stupid, stupid. Um, they have a the ability to cloak their weapons, and they only use it once in the movie. You know, if you can if you can cloak your spear and throw a cloaked spear, you know, to ambush them, why aren't you doing this all the time? No, you. They only do it once, and then they never use it again, and they just hand wave it away. No, ridiculous. I mean, it's just everything is just so ridiculous uh, with the way that they handled this. So, yeah, um, just just a lot of fail. And on top of that, before I throw it to Brazy, on top of all that, I want you to consider 
that they should know or they should be able to at least have someone figure out what if your scorched earth bomb is not 100% effective because they all do that. It only takes one alien. We found that out from the alien mythology. It only mm -hmm. takes one surviving alien. Uh, uh, a face hugger could infect something, but that alien could morph into a queen. Um, but whatever the alien needs to do to survive, it can. That's why it's the perfect hunter. So if you didn't destroy all of them with that, that radius, with that bomb blast, if just one of them survives, Earth is overrun. It wouldn't take long, or at least the area would be overrun. You know what I mean? And how could the rest of the world not notice that? That would not be possible over an extended period of time. Go ahead, Bracey. Thoughts on all the different premise lines that this movie is asking us to buy. Yeah, it's like uh, Steve covered it really well. Uh, in the comic book series, which I said the story is always superior, the Predators keep a queen on their ship. They, they don't keep a queen down on Earth to despoil their hunting ground. You know, in case that ever gets loose. It's kept up on a ship. It's isolated in space. They collect a number of eggs because, as we've discussed, it doesn't take many eggs to get things going. And they they drop those eggs off. They have like a little lander, like a little uh, like a little moon rover. And it, it just kind of drops off the eggs on a conveyor belt. It finds a place like, oh, there's some fauna over here. Drop off a few eggs. The inevitable is going to happen. Now you've got a nice hunt. You've figured out exactly how many aliens you've got. And you can send your younglings down to get their manhood, which is what this is supposed to be about, which is what was about in the comic book. Um, I think the Predators don't use any acid-defeating armor and stuff because I think that goes against their code in a way. Um, I, I think that's why so much of their flesh is still exposed, even though these Predators were wearing more armor than you see in a typical Predator. So... Uh, being the unproven hunters, they're still uh, they're still a little bit better off than the average guy. And uh, to pick up on a number of Steve's points about the the tactics being used, uh, that was a little bothersome as well. The most of the predators, except for the one who's going to be like the hero predator, the one's got the most plot armor, uh, they just kind of run up and slug it out. That's not how predators work, and that's not even how aliens work. Uh, these guys are like hunters ambushers both sets this should have been a great kind of game of cat and mouse but they decided to make it a monster fest video game let's godzilla and kong we're gonna run up and we're gonna bash all over the buildings that's okay for two 300 foot tall monsters that's not so cool for things that we know are supreme ambush predators and one especially is a very tactical hunter we know for sure another thing that bugged me was the inconsistency you want to talk about premises like, why don't they do this, why don't they do that? The inconsistency in the Predator weapons. Now, I know they've got better weapons set. They've got their plasma casters are in the middle of the pyramid. So they're starting off with melee combat. Makes perfect sense if you want to prove yourself against the ultimate prey. <clears throat> but then they do things like, dude extends his blades, chops off a tail, tail acid ruins the blade. But I see this, uh, I see one of these other predators again and again and again shoving a spear through the alien, and the spear comes out clean every time. <laughs> you know, what, why, why aren't the predator blades, their most commonly used weapons, made of the same stuff? That didn't make a lick of sense to me. It, it made as much sense as taking off your mask and knowing what you're dealing with, and they know what they're dealing with. 
So like I can buy like the alien even like having a strong enough the uh, with the inner jaw to pierce uh, a predator helmet, uh, but I can't buy any of them experience or not being stupid enough to take off the mask. They know what they're dealing with. You know they they've been hunting these things for thousands upon thousands of years according to the premise. And just to get into a little bit of the archaeology of things, uh, you guys have already detailed like this doesn't make sense. I remember reading in Fangoria at the time when uh, Anderson was talking about the film. He said part of the idea he got was like, he read like, you know, some of these civilizations would di just disappear. Mayans, well, they keep calling them though, Aztecs. They keep calling it the Aztec calendar, not the Mayan calendar. And Steve rightly pointed out the difference between the Gregorian calendar and the Mayan calendar. But if we're going to go with the Aztec calendar, it's got like two sets of values. It's got like a 360 day value and it's got like a 260 day value and none of them add up. They don't use 10 10 day increments at all so the whole 10 thing like the the 360 one like use uh, a value of 18 for their increments so there's just no research there's no understanding of the lore uh they're like earth the aliens are the predators so you're starting off at a huge negative before you can even get your story rolling and once again when we know what the monsters are don't take an hour to get to it if i buy what both of what both of you said about the acid wet, uh, acid splash resistance. If I buy that, which I'm not sure I do, but if I did, that still doesn't explain the queen. Queen came up frozen, right? She's frozen. Then she thawed out. Then she started laying eggs, right? And then yeah, after they hatch, the machinery got activated. Yeah. Okay. And then after they hatch, at some point, she called them and she called them to come set her free. That yeah. wouldn't have been the first time she did that. How long has she been down there? Number yeah. one. Number two, you can't put yeah. a creature with acid for blood in chains that are not acid proof. Why would you? Do you see what yeah, I'm saying? It that's just that's it that's make any sense. Right there. There's if no reason gonna, that binding should have been uh, acid vulnerable. The whole handling of the queen was stupid. I mean, they're, they're, it, they have no guarantee that this thing is not going to get away. Uh, and how the heck are you going to hold the, an alien queen for thousands of years to keep sending down predators to keep testing themselves against this thing and, and you know without this thing coming loose and, and causing all kinds of problems it makes absolutely no sense so we saw the strategy in alien resurrection of aliens turning on each other or puncturing each other's hides to set the acid blood loose that could not possibly have been the first time with the queen that's been down there all that time that she mm. thought of that tactic so everything about her should have been acid proof yeah. Okay. And that wouldn't have been the first time it happened. So anyway, go ahead, Nemesis. How how many ways did this movie fail at the premise lines? I think for me, the main problem with this movie is the fact that, like I said, it's a video game movie. The guy did not want to take the time. I think there was a way to tie this in. And I'm not saying that Prometheus did this well, but Prometheus tried to make a way to tie in ancient history and create a new fictional version of the world's history and tie it into the whole lore. If they had taken 10 minutes, 10 minutes on that ship, they didn't even have to be outside of the ship. It could have just been, they did the whole thing. They're trying to get the explorer because she's the best of the world. They need her to do the, to finish this, the last piece of the puzzle. They're on the ship on the way, they bring her in and then they give a little briefing. And in this briefing, we see all these places that gone over the world and there's images here and images there. And this is how it all fits in. Could have done all of that backstory in 10 minutes and given us something to work with would it have been great no 
it, it wouldn't have been the greatest thing in the world, but it would have established a premise. But instead, what they did is, hey, this is a cool idea. We're just going to throw it in there because it looks cool, and we're going to make our video game movie. Which is I mean, what there are better video game plots than this, too. Yeah. So. But, yeah, it's exactly what he wanted to do, though. They just wanted to make the video game movie. And if yeah, I remember correctly, movie. when this movie came out, they even said that it's like, we're not worrying about canon. We don't care about this. We just want to see monsters fight. I mean, I actually think, if, if I remember right, them coming right out and saying this movie is just a good old monster class and we're throwing a veneer of, of <laughs> you know, story behind it. And it's like, yeah, okay, I guess, you know, which is why <laughs> I watch it like that, you know. But it's like if you really wanted to make this movie part of the universe, I think there was a way to do it. And I don't think it would have been that difficult. It would have had to change a lot of things, especially with Wayla Mutani, because – that timeline is completely off at that point. And you've got a whole host of questions and you would have to go back and retcon or explain a whole host of things. But I think you could do it. I think you could make a way where, you know, Waylon, this was his little pet project and he had kept it secret and the inner parts of the company knew about it. And so when they found a similar signal to the, you know, whatever, to that signal, they sent out the Nostromo, and that's why they did But once again, it's like Jeff said, now I'm starting to explain why the movie makes sense instead of mm -hmm. them doing it for me, you know? And that is a problem. The minute that I start having to say why the movie could make sense and how it fits into the world, you failed. And now I'm trying to make sense of it because I just enjoy watching Aliens and Predators fight every now and then. So it's like, which is not a good thing. You can't cut a hole in the world with a laser from space and the rest of the world not know it. Well, I didn't know. Didn't they say in the movie that there were, here's the problem I have. Didn't they say in the movie that a bunch of other companies wanted to get there? And, and it's like, why are they all interested in going there to investigate this hole? I mean, they're all acting like they're going to find something there. It could have just been a hole, you know, I mean, who knows what it is. That's what Waylon kept saying. His He was trying to urge them on and, we don't know for sure if that's true. Again, we're having to do the work yeah. of the movie because we saw no evidence of that. But that's that was his insistence that to get the team down there as fast as possible. Right. I thought that was a lie. I thought that was just a straight yeah. up lie. He was just lying to make him hurry up. Yeah. But he, let's, let's assume it's true. Where are all the other teams? Why are they so far behind? Why are they 24 hours behind Wayland? What got him ahead of them? It makes no sense. You know? And then your point about nations is absolutely well spent. Not only that, they're spending all that time sailing down there. Well, guess what? There's all sorts of nations that have scientific out scientific outposts in Antarctica full time. Yeah. You know, so the minute that something like that happened in Antarctica, you get on the radio and be like, hey, uh, you guys need to go check this thing out. You know, this and and nobody knew about this whaling station that was there and all this stuff. So yeah, I mean, there are lots of holes. Yeah, and and the more you start to look at it, the holes just keep getting wider and wider, and then you figure out it's a Sarlacc pit, and now we have Sarlacc versus Alien versus Predator, and now we we're, we're in a real mess because Boba Fett comes out of the Sarlacc, and now we're <laughs> <laughs> you know it's it's weird. He would like they would use an environment that's clearly I, I have no doubt whatsoever that this was supposed to reference John Carpenter's The Thing, or at least homage it a little bit, but then you don't build any of the tension or the suspense. 
Yeah, I think part of it is that they were trying to look for a way to get rid of the queen alien because they didn't, they couldn't just boot her into space like they normally do. So they so needed some other reason. Uh, we drop yeah. her in the frozen ocean. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, which, but, okay, which, I'm, we're gonna get to that in a minute because alien out there somewhere. Yeah, right, right. See, that one doesn't make any sense either. But we will get to that in right. a minute. All I, right, now I, we're gonna. I apologize. I'm gonna go let my dog out real quick. So you guys keep going. She's been okay. Pain, so I will be right back. Keep going. Okay. Now we're going to transition to something that's going to make everybody laugh, and we're going <laughs> to we're going to talk about the human characters. I'm going to read their names. All right, Alexa, Charles Bishop Whalen, uh, Adele, Sebastian, Graham, Mark, Maxwell, Rustin, Thomas, and Joe. So besides Alexa and Waylon, I'm like, what, what? So, uh, oh, it does. <clears throat> there's only one other female. <laughs> right, was right, was the blonde. That's that's who, the only way I can identify her. <laughs> who I just, she looked like a DJ. I'm like, are you sure you're an explorer? I'm like, you should have like your CD pack and like your your turntables, and I'm just, you know, you should be scratching. Yeah, I'm not buying that you. you out here climbing the mountains with her legs in the air. She looked like, like she looked like the woman that was like uh, fixing the Mandalorian ship on Tatooine. <laughs> me. I wouldn't even give her that much credit. I'm not putting her in anything mechanical or anything action based or upper body strength based. She needed some glasses and some turntables. Okay, that's I'm like, why are you not DJing? How come you're not in the back talking about we going to the mountain? But anyway, <laughs> so. When you look at them, and when you even want to call their names, you're just like, whatever, whoever. And so if you're going to make a whole movie movie full of red shirts, either you have to acknowledge with a wink, tongue in cheek, that you know they red shirts, we know they red shirts, and so we're just waiting to watch them die. But you can't halfway do it like they did. So Alexa's having this sexy conversation in another language with whoever, dude, with smooth dude in the copter and then they're talking about you know you know i'd rather have my pistol and not need it okay and they're doing all this stuff and i'm like that's just enough to make us not care at all y'all understand that right it would have been better if you just you know just put on a red shirt and get ready to <laughs> so when we're going through this thing i kept asking myself i don't understand how much you're supposed to care I didn't get it. I'm like, if it's like aliens, if it's the Marines, we care about each one of them. They were personalities in their own right and their personalities. And here's the thing, their skill sets made sense in the context of what they were doing on LV-426. But here, Alexa is the only one that the movie says has the skill set that's necessary. And then she's like a kindergarten teacher. You know, all right, kids, you got to do what I say. We're going to do it this way. And I don't want to hear any back talk. And we're done for the day and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, if they're professional explorers, if they're professional anything, on some level, they should know what you know. But she talked like they were trainees or teens or kids or whatever. I'm like, okay. So I was just confused by the whole vibe of what we were supposed to feel because I'm like these nameless, faceless. And then here's another thing. Here's another thing that made the same mistake in Alien 3. You can't have 
a bunch of people with the same general body type and face and hair color. If you're going to do that, you have to give them wildly distinct personalities. But when, when just kind of visually they all blend, that's what happened with the prisoners in Alien 3. And those actors were great. Mm -hmm. When you look at the extended cut and all the different kind of stuff, when you see a little bit more of that coming out, okay, you might have been able to make some difference between them. But here, they they all felt kind of like the same kind of person to me, except for the one dude with the glasses, the, the geek dude. I don't remember his name, but he was the one that was, you know, freaking out when all the eggs came up. And I'm like, y'all just now figuring that out, really? But anyway, <laughs> so I want to hear your thoughts about just like the humans in the movie, because it's, it's like Alexa got the standard, you know, I'm the strong leader woman. I don't take no mess. You know, you don't back talk me. I know what I'm doing. If you don't do what I say, you're all going to die. Okay. It wasn't anything we haven't seen before. Okay. There was nothing about her that made her distinctive in terms of character. You know, no lines like, you know, we're in the pipe five by five, game over, man, game over. You know, that nothing like that. You know, just, okay, strong black woman and I'm going to tell everybody what to do. Okay. Okay. But then after that, I'm just like, I'm just disconnected. I know Colin Salmon from Krypton, and we know Colin Salmon from Arrow. So he always stands out because he's got a distinctive look and a distinctive voice. And he was in Resident Evil. He's in all, you know, the cool things. So you might have known him too, but I didn't know his character's name. And I didn't really care, you know. So let me hear your thoughts on the general red shirt nature of the humans in this movie. Start with Nemesis. Well, it's like I said at the beginning, they're bots. That's exactly what they are. They're just out there in a video game movie. They're bots in a video game movie to go out there and kill. And they're bots with different skins on. You know, I mean, that's the depth of their character. They just put a different skin on the same bot, put them out there, trot them out there, and watch them get uh, killed. And um, they tried to do some things with some of the people, but even the stuff that they tried failed. Like the guy sitting, walking around with the, the bottle cap the whole time. It's like, really? I mean, that's your big totem is the bottle cap, but he throws out some, you know, Spanish and everything, trying to be the Latin lover. And it's like, like you said, it's like nobody bought it. Nobody believed it in the first place. And then I even have a problem with the, you know, and like you said, I don't know any of the names of any of the characters, you know, uh, except for uh, Waylon. You know, that's the only one that I remember. But with the character who led the whole expedition, I mean, she's not believable at all. First of all, who in their right mind? I mean, she makes this thing about signing a waiver. Who cares about a waiver? Who in their right mind is going to take a sick man out there who's dying from emphysema or whatever it is out in the middle of the Antarctic? You know, that's like, that is just asking for trouble right there. I don't care what they say. It's like, fire me. You know, it's like, I'll go back to what I was doing. No problem. I would, you would never do anything like that. Not to mention, you look at her, the other woman, whoever, the the, the woman with the butch haircut, you know, uh, she's got, that woman looked more like an Arctic explorer, a mountain climber than the woman they had. I mean, that woman looked, the woman that, that was, that played that part looked like a supermodel or something. You know, she didn't look. She's the DJ. She needs to yeah. be striking. Yeah. <laughs> she, she did not look the part of, you know, hardened climber who commands expeditions and stuff like that. That other woman did to a certain extent. If you really want to find a woman like that, go out and get a woman who looks like somebody who does that kind of stuff all the time. And this is one of the problems I have with Hollywood in general now. It's like, and uh, 
I don't know, maybe this is going to come off as woke, and I don't intend it to because Lord knows that's not where I'm at, but you you do need to cast for body type, you know, and there's nothing wrong with a strong, muscular woman. And women that are doing that stuff all the time are buff. You know, they may be, like, have, still have feminine figures and everything, and that's fine, but you need to find a woman or get her to bulk up. You know, it's like Ben Affleck when he played Batman. That dude was ripped. It's like... If some woman is going to play and try and convince us that that's what she does for a living, then she needs to go and get with the trainer and do some stuff because it just wasn't believable. I mean, and then at one point in the movie, and I'm sorry for harping on this, but at one point in the movie, she like slams down an ice pick and then grabs a guy and holds him in her hand while they're falling and wailing and saves the dude. I'm like, there's no way. It's like you're both dead right now. Your your arm, your shoulders got pulled out of the socket, and you're no way you're holding that man like that. And look at you. It's like you weigh what? 95 pounds? It's like get the hell out of here. So yeah, it's just it, it, it really was just a bunch of bots put out there for them to die. And it's like even even the character that survived, we really don't know that much about her. We don't care about her. We never see her again. And it was totally unbelievable, not to mention the fact they just left her out there. They left her out there in the middle of the wilderness. For all we know, she died too. You know, she died out there in Alaska. How she should just sail the whole ship back by herself? <laughs> Come on. Come on. Get out of here. And, uh, oh, I do want to apologize that uh, my super predator, Sunday the dog, was eating my wires, so I had to put her outside. So. <laughs> okay. All right. Nemesis said that Sanaa Lathan is much too pretty to be who she is in the film. So she needs to have a look like she does what that does for a living. I said the blonde woman is a DJ. I did not buy her at all. <laughs> I did not buy her in any of that. She needed to be mixing the music. But here's the other thing, and I'm going to throw it to Bracey. Here's the thing. I'm not an archaeologist. I'm not an explorer. But I got sense enough to do two things. First thing I got sense enough to do is be sure there's a trail back to the surface. No matter what happens when I'm down there, I'm going to light flares. I'm going to take and choose a bubble gum and throw it on the ground. I'm going to do something that tells me how to get back. One. Number two, remember in Aliens, they said how long before we're declared overdue is that a rescue? And Hicks said 17 days. Okay. I'm not going anywhere underground where my people don't know where I'm at. I'm like, if you ain't heard from me in 24 hours, call the FBI, call the Coast Guard, <laughs> call Ghostbusters, call my mama. Call International House of Pancakes. Somebody's coming to get me. Baby okay. Jesus. <laughs> but it's like, I'm like, really? Y'all, really? Really? And then that thing you just said was also true. Because the last shot, besides it, we'll get to the pretty alien. Uh, the last shot before we get to that thing is her standing there watching the, pre the predators leave. And then it's like, what happened next? <laughs> You're the only human on this whole expedition that made it out alive. So you do what now with these weapons and your scarred face with the acid and the queen in the ocean? What do you do now? Who are you going to call now? Who's going to cop her out? Who's going to get you now? And how are you going to explain that? You're trying to tell me something that any government would want an explanation is all this damage? What happened? And you talking about he but a hobbit and you got the tattoo on your face from the alien blood. With to be oh 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 so anyway, uh, Bracy, red shirts. Yeah, the uh, well, the problem with all of this is the movie doesn't even try to make sense. They don't even make the premise of trying to make sense. Uh, you know, something that 
it reminded me of you guys talking about all these disconnections is like we see the predators using their invisible technology on their weapons but if you remember back in predator one and two uh whenever the predator would flash his claws they would be visible as soon as they left his gauntlet uh in predator two when we see him use the uh the combi stick or the spear for the first time it's visible even when he's not so the idea of like them throwing the spear and it being invisible doesn't work uh even if i can buy even though they haven't shown this in the lore before like using the uh the the razor noose to grab somebody up uh just so many things are inconsistent and that's because they don't care they're they're leading the way for guys like snyder who are all about like let's make something look cool and that's really what i care about more than anything else it's all about stuff that looks cool for instance mr bottle cap because that's all i know about him he's the (laughs) bottle cap guy he just got fired off his dig because, you know, they're, they're spending all this time and this money, and they've got a backer, obviously. He's, he's down there with his research team. He reaches in, and that's where he gets his bottle cap. The guy responsible for the dig says, you're fired. I'm bringing in my own team. What does he say immediately after that? Like, all right, come on, get the team together. We're going to get on the horn. We're going to call for more money. Money's not the object. This guy has decided that you're incompetent. That's the problem. He's bringing in another team. You bringing in more money doesn't mean you still get to dig. So nothing makes sense. It's it's weird. There's so many times, like, I hadn't watched this movie in a while, and I was, like, listening to the dialogue, and I was like, man, I'd, I'd forgotten just how many things they say don't make sense, or they're just the same sort of things we've heard in movie after movie after movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, just these little lines, like, you know, like, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's not a hunt, you know, the enemy of my enemy. You know, it's a war. Like, this is just kind of word salad. It, it's, it, it's, it's bad dialogue that's just to give the humans something to do or something that you've heard before so you can, you can kind of accept that they're in the movie. Uh, there's just a little bit of character development here and there, like, you know, Glasses Guy and Adele whose name I only remember because you mentioned it a while ago. It's like, oh, that's one of two female characters. All right, you know? Uh, you know, and so they're, they're trying to do like a little, a little bonding. But unlike, uh, unlike aliens, we don't actually give these characters a chance to become anything more than cardboard cutouts. We all know uh, we've, got, we've got Climber Chick and we've got Leader Expedition Guy. We know him because he's been in previous alien movies. And we've got like a chick with a gun, Chekhov's gun. Hey, by the way, we're not going to use this gun. So, so much for Chekhov's gun. Oh, and look <laughs> at it. British. It turns out British guy has way better guns anyway. It's like, oh, we, we didn't even know about those Chekhov's guns hanging out there. It's like, so, no. Predators have better guns than they do. Yeah, it, it makes it makes absolutely no sense from that. It's It literally is all about just setting up to killing the monster, which once again, I keep going like, then why did you take an hour to get there if you didn't care about anything else? Get to it. And I'll say this for the Friday the 13th movies, because this is what this essentially is in a lot of ways, if you're going by like the video games and the bots. There is more character development from people who Jason is going to just slaughter horribly in Friday the 13th films than this whole movie. It's generic dialogue at its worst. I do want to make one point real quick about the British guy with the guns. That was the other thing that was ridiculous. It's like, can you tell me why those guys had those guns? 
in those briefcases and then had to bring them out cool, except for looking cool. It's like I've never seen anything like that in my life. I've seen tons of weapons. I've handled tons of weapons. I've never seen anything like that in my life. That's number one. Number two, what were any of those other people going to do if they started walking around with those guns? Heck, if I was one of those other people and we're down there on this expedition, I see those guys with guns, I'd be like, I'm happy they got guns. Good. You know, it's like I'm not complaining about that. But no, we had to have the scene where they're like, oh, somebody got killed or whatever. It's like, whap, the gun comes out. And I'm just like, oh, come on. So, I did forget one thing because I've, I've got to explain for the movie because the movie won't explain. Presumably, there are people who sail the ship and she can get back there even though she's lost all her cold weather gear. Presumably. <laughs> That's that's yeah. me trying to give the movie more credit than it gave us. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at least at the beginning of Predator 2, or, or somewhere in the movie, uh, actually, we had Gary Busey's character explain what happened with yeah. Dutch oh, in no. the first movie. I didn't have yeah. a problem with Predator 2's premise or story. I just have a problem with the fact that it's like, suddenly we've gone from an elite special forces dealing with Predators and get wiped out to... Uh, this happening in LA, first in of all, LA cop, right? Yeah, and it's just pure mayhem. They're going up against you know the version of uh gangs, and then uh, some cops take about. I'm like, hey, well, I, I remember oh. the, uh, the <laughs> time was is there was so much gang violence in LA at the time that yeah. the writer of the story thought that would be kind of an interesting take on yeah. things, and to, but, and to give Danny Glover a little bit of something, at least by the time he faces down the predator, it has been shot. It has lost an arm. It's lost its breathing apparatus. So, but he still shouldn't know how to use the glaive. If, if I, I'm sorry to go off on a tangent for a second, but it's like, if you really want to use gang violence in LA, since I lived there during the time, it's yeah. like, go Richard Ramirez Night Stalker and have them and have the gangs take out the predator. You know, so yeah. all of you don't know that story. When Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, the serial killer in the 80s, got caught, he got caught in East LA. And the gang, like the bunch of the people in the barrio, Chase that dude down and beat the hell out of him. LAPD had to rescue the serial killer from the gangs. So that would be than the cops versus Predator. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's another one. Go ahead, Steve. Red shirts. I think I'd rather see that movie than this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of somebody who is basically a red shirt at the moment, uh, yeah, that's basically the best way to follow all of them um, because they're, they're just cardboard cutouts, they're just moving targets. Uh, we don't care about any single one of them. Yeah, most of the, mem the names aren't memorable. Uh, yeah, I I'm totally going to remember the guy named Joe and the other guy named Thomas. <laughs> yeah, so those are the most memorable names you could you could come up with. And that's the start of, like, the problem. Um, because to me, it's like, uh, I can't think of a single character arc in this movie. Not a single one. Like, I can't think of a single, of a single character that starts at a certain point, you know, uh, goes through the adversity and learns from the adversity and changes as a result. I can't think of anybody except maybe, maybe the Scotsman that was really annoying uh, <laughs> and was always showing everybody pictures of his kids. You, you want to see my kids? You want to see my kids? That, that, that's, that's basically what it was like. And he was the only one who showed any change whatsoever because he's the one who's freaking out all the time. And what does he do? He's the one who becomes more of a badass by the end. And then he's not allowed to have that last cool moment. No, he is sitting there, uh, you know, hung up on the wall because the aliens got him, uh, you know, and he gets a couple of shots off on a pistol and then uh, that's it. And then the aliens all get him and he's dead. I'm just like, really? That's that's the way you're going to give the one character 
who had any change or growth whatsoever, um, you know, that's the way you're going to treat that character. No, no, no. Um, and then I'm looking at uh, Sanal Lathan's character. The, the, you know, they, they really needed to have somebody like a Tom Cruise. I'm kind of with uh, notice this on that because with Tom Cruise, it's like you buy this guy climbing up mountains. <laughs> You know, and this woman, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't buy a climbing up mountains. But you know, even if I just kind of allow that, okay, typical main heroine. It's like, what is her actual story? What, what is, what is she there to do? Um, what is her problem that she has to overcome? You know, what is her journey? I have no idea. Uh, she's the same from start to finish. She's, you know, like Rye or like some of these other characters. They learn nothing, and they mm -hmm. don't change. And their and their entire journey is a flat line, um, nothing, nothing whatsoever. There there could have been something with the uh, with bottle cap guy, um, because yeah, he starts off failing, you know, he starts off screwing up, you know, and then in his journey should have been okay. I'm going to get my respect back, you know, because I'm going to do a good job here and I'm going to become a better scientist, uh, and 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 all of that, and I'm going to learn. No, there's none of that. It, what ends up happening is instead is that okay we're gonna we're gonna tease this romance with uh, the leader I mean, with the with with the Sanaa Lathan character uh, we're, he's just there to be the love interest and to give exposition and then once he's done giving the exposition let's feed him to the alien and that's it <laughs> I, it's just give me a break this then what a waste of potential he, you know because I could have seen a story where you know this guy you know this guy's a screw up this guy you know is a bit of a, of a smooth talking you know, a bit of a con artist maybe. And then, you know, he learns to, and he becomes a better character. You know, he becomes more of a heroic figure. Um, or he gives his life to save her, you know, because he's all about himself the whole uh, beginning of the movie. So mm -hmm. if his arc had been, okay, I'm going to do something selfless for somebody that I have learned to care about, that would have been an arc. That would have been a story. Nothing like that. There is nothing like that. Um, yeah, Wayland. Uh, you know, Lance Hagerson does the best he can with a with a character that's that, that there's nothing to him other than basically I want to die and um, I'm going to go and die like a man, basically being Elon Musk. That that that's the the extent of his character. And you know, he doesn't die for anything. He doesn't you know learn or change either. Uh, none of that. Uh, the uh, Colin Salmon character, who I mainly remember. From an episode of Doctor Who, <laughs> uh, in addition to the other stuff, uh, it's it's like yeah, he's you know he's a much much better actor than we see him in this movie. I think practically anybody could have been that character, and it wouldn't have mattered. It's just that he happened to be played by an actor who is more talented than the role deserves. And so you know, again, nothing. Uh, all these other characters are just there to die, you know, they, they, and 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 for what? Uh, just so we can have an action movie. And so we can have characters get killed. Uh, so we can have like false tension for characters that we are know are not going to die in the end. Um, it, it, it's just absolutely a waste. Um, I, these character, even the characters like the, the the not Firefly characters from Alien Resurrection, were, mem were more memorable and better characters yeah. than anybody here. It, it's absolutely a joke, and and I I'm just like we want to see. We're rooting for the alien at this point. Because there's nobody we attach to, there's nobody we like, and so we're basically rooting for the aliens to either kill each other or kill the humans because the humans are boring and and or annoying. So yeah, what a waste, complete waste. Well, I would, I would argue that uh, Whalen had an inverse arc because yeah. his arc didn't make a lot of sense to me. 
Because first he was all, we've got to be first. We've got to do this. This is the discovery of our lives. He said, this was a, this is what puts you on the map moment. This is your, your thing that makes you somebody doing this. He goes from that to all of a sudden his emphysema, his emphysema is so bad he can barely function. Then he goes from that to, don't turn your back on me, sucker. Like Mr. T in Rocky Three, Don't turn your back on me. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Because that's exactly, don't turn your back on me, sucker. I'm like, really? Because really? I was like, if you're, <laughs> if you're trying to survive to have the discovery of a lifetime, you wouldn't do something that stupid. Yeah. And if you're so full of yourself, we don't buy that from a dude your age from emphysema. Somebody would have slapped the teeth out your mouth by now. We would buy that from a young man. We'd buy that from a Schwarzenegger or Kyle Weathers, a, a Duke or a Dylan. We'd buy that. But we don't buy that from you. It's, it's a death warning. You just said you're trying to make your mark in life. You're trying to be the one that discovers all this. And then here you come with this nine foot creature with a crab face and you setting the fire on it. You know he's going to turn around and you shish kebab. Why? See, none of your originally stated goals match up with that end from what I can see. And it's like, it's like either be the macho overachieving because, you know, be the kind of man that lives with danger all the time and it caught you one day like uh, Steve Irwin. Like I'm always dancing around death and then one day it caught me. Be that guy or be the wise guy that lets the young people, the young legs do the work and you reap the spoils, which is how you were introduced to us. But trying both of them, I, I couldn't, I just couldn't buy that. It's the same reason I didn't buy, I didn't buy Apollo Dine. Apollo said in Rocky Three, it doesn't take a man to stand there and get his head beat in. Rocky mm. Four, Apollo stood there and got his head beat in. And his wife and his children and his sidekicks wasn't enough to make him want to live. That's not the same man. I'm a grown man with children. Your children are worth living for. Apollo would have known that at that point. I just did not buy it. So I'm saying that kind of last desperation act of machoism, I just, so I thought it was an inverse. I thought it was a character degradation. Like you're one dude, but then you go out as if you were Dutch or Dylan in the first Predator. You know what I'm saying? Or or Billy, you you cut the thing, you know, come get me that kind of thing. You know, but you don't get Billy's ending when you're the, yeah. the rich dude, you know, financing the expedition. Yeah, you have to go and that's it. Yeah, that's the same exact thought I had. I was looking at Lance Henderson doing that, going, What do you think you're going to do? <laughs> okay, he the turned only thing around. I think of is that, okay, I'm going to take the, I'm going to die, and I'm going to, and I'm going to die here because I'm going to yeah. die anyway. Um, at least uh, we let the other two get away, so I'm going to distract the predator for them to get away, and then they make yeah. sure my legacy is complete because somebody has to return to the surface to tell them how awesome I am. That's yeah. the only thing that I see that makes any sense. Even yeah, I, remotely. I buy I buy DTs more that like, and it it would fit a lot more within the mythos of Waylon Utani if he's the guy to try and skip out. And that's right, because yeah. that's how the company rolls. I mean, if you ever want to find an example of toxic toxic masculinity, here it is because it got him killed. You know, it's like right. His his motivation should have been. He's back at the camp, safe behind something, while mm. they're doing the grunt work. Yeah, so yeah. if they get wiped out, he still gets his discovery. He would take the credit. He would even try to sell it like he did it. He's yeah. that guy. 
Yeah. He's not down there with him in front off a predator. Really, dude, really? Yeah. Because if he if he's having end of life regrets, we got nothing to point to that. Well, but, I mean, I, what this movie really boils down to is when you watch the first Alien, I, I don't know about you guys, but when I watch the first Alien, I'm on the edge of my seat looking at the ones like, Parker, no, no, man, no, 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 don't do it, don't do it. You know, I'm like, I'm like really like on the edge of my seat going, I'm talking to the screen. I'm watching this movie. People are dying right and left, and I'm just sitting there laughing. I'm watching the movie. I was rooting like, for some people to get killed. So, yeah, yeah there's a marked difference. Like, like the dude that broke his leg. I was like, yeah. oh, you're screwed. I'm, looking <laughs> for, I'm going to wait to see it's this like, one. Hey, it's the annoying guy <laughs> and the drunk guy. Bit. Let them both die. Please kill them both. <laughs> Well, it felt a little bit like a Zack Snyder moment where you just wanted a cool slow-mo with a flamethrower. Mm. So you just set up a scene because you just wanted to see that because story-wise doesn't make any sense, which leads me to the next topic. And we're going to have fun with this one. We've already talked about it, but we're going to take a deeper dive into how many different ways do the monsters violate their own mythology in this film? How many different ways do they behave that don't make any sense given what we've already seen. So we've already brought out the excellent points. I forgot if it was Steve or I think it was Steve. The excellent point of you've got invisible power. You've got invisible power that extends to your weapons. Three, you can strike from a distance. So you should not be losing. Even if I buy the lack of acid splash gear, you still have that. And you only use it against the humans and they only use it so you could have that cool scene. Once again, it's Snyderisms. I just want a cool scene of the spear materializing after impaling a dude. And then we never have invisible spear again. Because how can you fight a spear you can't see coming? Yep. Okay. So there's that. But in terms of the basic mythology, so we've talked about all that. But the most glaring one is how fast that alien hatched out of the other the blonde woman. That's what she I was going face, <laughs> Yeah, she got face hugged and she tried to shoot it. And somehow her shot went wide and that thing smacked her in the face. And what, a couple hours later, a couple minutes later, like, you know, we took like a lunch break. Okay, kids, 35 minute lunch break. And then here comes a chest burster. And it wasn't even really bloody. And it was really quick. And I was like, did y'all watch the first movie? And then so that happened. And then we've already talked about how all of a sudden the predators nerfed their tactical skills. We might be able to explain that with putting the young ones out there to see if they could think on their feet. Maybe we can buy that, but not to exposing your face when face hugger, face huggers are around, you know. And then here's another one. They turned the aliens into raptors. Yes. Because when old boy was in the floor and the floor was changing, he got trapped. They growled at him first. I'm like, y'all know aliens wouldn't do that, right? They just come eat you. They just come grab you. You know, sticky with the turn or whatever, but they're like, ah, we got you. Then you turn around, ah. I'm like, really? The Raptors really? Oh, okay. And then they did the other thing where they had them growl. They were at the base of the the, the entrance of the, the tunnel trying to go up the slide, and they set the thing off. The aliens were standing there in a row, five of them, then they all snarled like lions in unison. I'm like, y'all realize aliens wouldn't say nothing. They just run up to you and eat your head off, right? But they stood there and posed and snarled. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. So the coolest thing that I did see that I did like was when the predator net ate through the alien skin and then uh, 
he, it got it put the net imprint on his face, but also he cut his tail off. So then he started using his tail as kind of like an acid whip. Now that I thought was cool because we hadn't really seen that before like that. But mm -hmm. the rest of the way they behaved, I'm like, did y'all watch any of the movies? You know, did you, you know, and then here's the other one. Y'all correct me if I'm wrong, because I may be getting this wrong. From what we saw, all the red shirts that got face hugged originally was because those eggs came up in the mm -hmm. egg chamber. Is that right? Yeah. Then how come later on some of them were webbed to the wall? Was that the same egg chamber? No. Because if it was, when did they get in there and, and web them? It's when they were captured in the down the hallways, I think. Okay, so, so it wasn't, that wasn't the, I don't remember. That wasn't the egg chamber. Yeah. Yeah, that was I, I don't know if it was the egg chamber, but it was after they captured in the hallways, they brought them somewhere and started doing somewhere else. Okay, all right, okay, I'll take that. All right, because at first I thought, wait, are they still in the egg chamber? Because how did they get webbed up? Because if it was the egg chamber, the aliens took the time to resin the place like crazy with their secretions. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, then again, you've got the whole thing. It was like this thing was made just to release a certain amount of aliens. And then when you see like an uh, annoying Irish guy, he gets his cool moment to shoot one that's about to face hug. And then you see like dozens and dozens of eggs. Oh, OK. So I guess the drones have been making a nest because they're going to break mom loose. Although I don't know why they didn't break mom loose first. They start making putting all the eggs out. So, like it, structurally, it doesn't make sense. Right. Okay. Because I knew something was giving me cognitive dissonance. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. wait. It didn't make any sense. And here's the last thing I'm gonna throw it to y'all. The other thing I can't figure, based on the fact that the pyramid was constantly moving, was where were the aliens moving? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because before they move in air ducts, they move in vents. They move any place where they can hide. We can buy all that just because of the nature of the way they move. But what they showed us here was that the pathways, the room you just left were changing. It wasn't that room anymore. So so how deep did that go in the pyramid? Because I'm like, if the pyramid kept shifting, did you know, because remember when the queen called them, they just disappeared into some holes. I'm like, didn't the room just change five minutes ago? I'm like, how y'all know where the holes are? And how you know they're not going to close in on you because they would have closed in on the humans. That confused me. I'm like, wait now, wait, wait, wait. The pyramid shifts, but just for the people. Somehow y'all know where the air ducts are. And I was like, uh, okay. So let's talk about how many different ways we felt like the, the lore of each monster story world was violated. And one more thing I'll say, the one thing that they did do right was they kept the predator's sense of honor in the hunt. We saw that. That was probably the most consistent thing we saw in the whole movie in terms of the monster mythology, is that they're honoring the hunter. They're not wanting to strike a defenseless foe. You know, wouldn't kill a pregnant woman, wouldn't kill a man with emphysema until he lit it up on him, or wouldn't kill Sanaa because she proved herself worthy. That's consistent. So that that's about the one thing I think they did that I that didn't give me a headache. But so just, let me hear your thoughts. Go ahead, Bracey, you start, go ahead. Yeah, I, I disagree because uh, we had the flashback to 1904 and they mm -hmm. wipe out the whaling community uh, with no provocation whatsoever. Oh, dang. So that's a break of the prayer of the Lord right there. And okay. when, they, <laughs> when they had the disarmed guy who slid down the hole, mm -hmm. uh, you think he's gonna make it, they're walking by, I was like, 
Oh, yeah, we left one alive. Boom, no witnesses. Takes him out. So uh, it's plot armor for our main character. That's that's why we had the uh, thing. Uh, Lance Henriksen, same thing. It's like it's like somewhere in the script, somebody like, oh, yeah, they don't, they don't kill innocent people or they don't kill unarmed people. Yeah, nobody will notice what happened before. Well, we're not paying attention to lore anyway because there is a lot of not paying attention to lore. Uh, although I will comment on your thing. Uh, the shifting pyramid is a mm -hmm. cool idea. Mm -hmm. Makes no sense for this movie. If this pyramid is built for a hunt, it's built to give the aliens uh, advantages to their environment because that's going to make a cool hunt. You you want to you want to hunt the, the the prey on ground that it's used to to make it as fair as possible. Especially you know if you know if I'm say like I'm hunting a dangerous animal like I'm out hunting a bear. You know I've got a nice heavy caliber rifle, uh, but at the same time if the bear can close with me, I'm in real trouble. But I don't put the bear in like a great big warehouse where I've got like, you know, 300 yards of room and there's nothing for him to hide behind. Yeah, this is sure dangerous for me. Pow, pow, pow. No, so I believe that it would be built like that. The the shifting passageways, the, the danger that it poses your prey as much as you doesn't make any sense. If it changed when they first got in there, so like each new hunting party has a different layout to work with, that's mm -hmm. something I would have bought. That would have worked out. Another thing you point out, I'm glad you mentioned it because it's something that really annoyed me in the film, is the sounds. This is 20th Century Fox. They've, they've had these franchises for a long time. They have the sounds. That's one thing I love about Lucas is his sound effects are very consistent across all the, mo all the movies you know, because they have yes. industrial light music and all that. Here, like you said, we've got these, and, and I told you, like, I... I dislike the aliens getting less biomechanical and becoming more organic. And that feels like another evolution of that here because they're growling. And I've got uh, as good an ear for sound effects in most cases as I do have an eye for uh, special effects. And there's, there's all these big cat growls in their noises for the aliens and the predators. And the predator doesn't sound like that. You know, the, the like the sound mix of the predator, part of that like sound mix is like a... Like walrus and what uh, and uh, and hippopotamus and all kinds of cool things, you know, like all these tricks, you know, and the ins and the predators, uh, the aliens tend to sound uh, much more insectile with these high screechy noises, and like you said, they turn them into raptors. You really nailed it when you said that. They uh, predator uh, the aliens, they hiss and they 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 make these screechy whines. They don't. They don't sneer and growl at you like lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, that's not how they work at all. Right. And the and the predator roar is also very distinctive. That's so important when you have a creature that is going to come back into the science fi fiction parlance again and again. Is the distinctiveness of the look, but also the sound. How would Godzilla be if he didn't have that ominous roar that he's had since 1954? You know, done a couple of ways uh, throughout the course of the films, but it's still that distinctive sound. Uh, you recognize it right away. It's one of the most uh, recognizable sounds in cinema. The same should be true for the alien and the predator, and that just bugged the ever-living crap out of me. Even the plasma caster uh, had a different sound. I don't mind it having a different effect as they, you know, as the effects get better, but I didn't. I missed the sound that kind of like boosh sound. And instead, I had this kind of like this little, little wave to before it took off. I was like, no, it, no, no, the sounds are wrong. The sounds are wrong. 
you've got to have consistency if you're working on franchise properties. It's as important as knowing all the rest of the lore. Uh, the only thing I, I did like about the alien, I like the tactic of it using its tail, showing again that aliens are more intelligent than people think. And it was cool seeing that, like, if you try and pin them down with your, like, razor nets, that the acid blood's going to free them. And it was also kind of neat seeing how durable they happen to be. Like, when he starts swinging that thing around, and he's smashing through stone columns with it, uh, the one they called the Celtic Predator via its mask, uh, and you're like, oh, man, these things can really take a licking. But other than that, uh, you know, the the tactics didn't make sense because the predators would have been trained from an early age to hunt, to battle. There would probably be on their world, if you follow the comics, there are fights for dominance. These guys know how to fight early on, and they they don't fight dumb. They don't go in there with less skill uh, than, like, the most neophyte MMA fighter and engage with, like, a tiger. You, you don't you don't rush up into it like that. And uh, on top of that, I, I also hated the design of the Predators because, it, it, again, for me, it feels like a break from the lore because here we've got these big, strongman Predators. Like, I thought you guys are supposed to be the juveniles, but you're, like, all Schwarzeneggered out. You know, you don't look like the leaf Kevin Peterhall Predators that we got. I know, I know Kevin's dead, but come on, man, hire some basketball players. You know, get somebody that looks like a LeBron, you know, in there. Like, that's the kind of body type you want for the Predator. And it would, it, it just kept throwing me off seeing these huge, beefy dudes. And <laughs> I guess it was to offset the long, lanky aliens. But for me, it just didn't work out at all. And then when they do take off the face mask, and this is something that really bugs me as somebody who designs creature and appreciates creature design, Stan Winston went to great pains um, to think about how things work. As I've said before, form follows function. The Predator, when you first see his face, and he's exposed Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, he's he's got his mandals all covered up, and he opens them up. And he's like, oh, man, he's got this kind of weird little mouth, and these things flare out. And then when he's not using it, they close up. These aren't just for, like, grabbing food and bringing it to, like, this, this small opening of mouth. These are his lips. He was sculpted with the mouth closed. Because it makes sense. You don't want like your mouth constantly getting dry or bacteria or stuff like this. And every you know, Predator 2, I think they still do this right, but every movie since, you'll notice, and you guys won't be able to miss this now that I'm pointing this out, you'll notice that when like the Predator mouth is closed, the skin flaps, which are supposed to stretch open like a membrane when he yeah. makes mandibles, instead have these big, open, stupid flaps now. That's incredibly distracting to somebody who's like really into this kind of stuff like me. And I, I take that as a breaking of lore as well. It just, uh, it was fun to see him fight, but at the same time, it was a little painful to see him fight. And it's like you said, even like when he, he gets the weapons, you know, he gets his plasma caster and he uses it briefly. I, I did kind of like the, oh, you know, like I can't really see aliens, so let's scroll through the visual aids to find them. See, I, I dug that. But from that point on, he shouldn't lose. I've got lock on. I've got a ranged weapon. Yeah, I'm walking out of here. I am top dog of this thing. Well, you know, lose past that point. One thing that was established very clearly in Aliens and Alien Three, and you talked about sounds, which is a great point about the sound design. In Aliens, they hissed, mm -hmm. and they hissed in a wide over the frequency spectrum, but they hissed. It was clear. In Alien 3, that thing hissed and shrieked. 
But the one thing they had in common is when they moved, they moved fast. None yeah. of the aliens in Aliens posed. They yeah. didn't pose before they struck. They struck. See what I mean? And here they're posing all over the place. I'm like, no, even, no. Even back to like Alien 1. I mean, like, yeah. It wasn't so much opposed as like it, it knew it was like when it was going to get Brett, it was just going to get Brett. Mm -hmm. But like when it gets Dallas, when it's in that situation where it's in the dark and it's just you and it and it knows you've got a weapon, as soon as mm -hmm. Dallas turns around, boom, he's got him. Right. Dallas. Right. Right. There's no sneering. There's no leering. There's no clever girl moment because that's what happened in Jurassic Park because she was like, I fooled you and now I'm going to eat you. And the aliens wouldn't do that. Uh, go ahead, Steve. Uh, uh, violations of the lore for both monster mythologies. Yeah, um, I, I think we've already covered things in pretty much detail, but uh, there's one really howler that really got me, and that was the inconsistency of the predator senses. Uh, because we can definitely <laughs> see that the predator can can see aliens uh, before they're, while they're incubating. You know, we, we've established that they can do this. Okay. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm actually don't have necessarily have a problem with that, especially since uh, we've established how they do that. Um, the problem is it's inconsistent. Okay. There are points where they can totally do this and it's easy. And then the predator can see the incubator uh, alien within um, bottle cap guy and we, you know, which leads him to go and kill him. Okay. That was a, that was an all right moment. Um, and then there's a later moment where they throw that all out the window because they need to set up a sequel, uh, <laughs> which is, which is, is that apparently somehow, I don't know how this would have happened, uh, but apparently this, the, 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 uh, the last predator was impregnated by the queen. We didn't see exactly how that this would have happened. Uh, no, that was the guy that got face hugged in the fight. That was that same yeah. guy. Okay. Yeah, he took okay. his mask okay. off. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah that, that brilliant stupid. move. That was stupid. That was stupid. <laughs> yeah. Either way, it's stupid. And and the other reason that it's stupid is is again we don't see the consistency with the senses because why would all of those predators who are experienced, uh, who are older, you know, who who know score and know exactly what they're dealing with, why did none of them check uh, the, the the remaining corpse for an alien baby? Uh, would they not have been able to see them in a half a second? Why would you bring this on your ship? And, and even, if it, even if they didn't have it, predators are not stupid. They wouldn't have brought this thing on board. I, yeah, th that, th so <laughs> it's a violation of the lore, not only with the stupidity of it, but also with the fact that, you know, suddenly they're blind to things that, they can, that they've been able to see consistently throughout the movie. No, mm -hmm. absolutely not. So, yeah, that was the one that, that really bugged me. I mean, aside from that, it's like, yeah, the, the predators are acting stupid. Um, you know, the aliens are not acting the way that they normally act. Um, I did like the way they looked. Uh, I'll give them that. But, you know, the way that they acted, no. You know, they're, they're acting like, you know, standard monsters that we just have to run away from. Uh, you know, they, they don't show uh, a whole lot of the intelligence they don't normally show. Uh, the, predator the predators just get, get whacked like a bunch of idiots. Uh, they don't use any of the training that they normally have. Uh, they don't use any of the skills that they normally have. And again, you also have moments like, okay, we have we have the ability to cloak our weapons, and it only works occasionally when it looks cool, <laughs> and then the rest of the time it doesn't work. Um, you know, they, suddenly it's like, okay, we're the predators can cloak and nobody can see them, but then the aliens can see them because we want them to die. 
and it's inconsistent. No, that doesn't make any sense. And it's everything else that we've seen so far. I mean, it, it's just, I mean, everything is plot contrived. Um, and they just twist the lore to suit them. Uh, like with the, the, you know, the Predator honor as well. I mean, everything is just conveniently contrived to fit whatever plot convenience they need at that moment. And so we're going to bend the, the rules of uh, both creatures to suit the outcome we want, rather than having it naturally flow from who the characters are and who the monsters are, uh, you know, to, to have a result that's satisfying. And, and that's just what all I'm, I'm seeing consistently, and it's nonsense. So Steve said, if you got the Predator X-ray vision where you X-ray by his chest, and you see the little baby alien squirming. The one time you need that, you're like, don't be, don't, do Let's carry Fred back on the ship. We don't know how he died, y'all. know what. Y'all want some cheeseburgers? All right. And this thing I'll throw out before I throw it to Nemesis. Here's the other one that just every time I watch it, I groan. When the queen alien is chasing Sanaa and the LeBron James uh, elbow from the sky predator, you're chasing <laughs> him at the end. Somehow they get a chain around her, then they pull. I don't care if you had 20 humans and 40 predators on that chain. The queen would have pulled them arms out the socket. I don't even understand why that was even allowed to be filmed. It's even Crazy. worse than that because they pull and then the woman comes over there to help and that helps stop well, that's what makes the predator queen. I'm like, come on. Against the queen alien. Like, <laughs> you could have gotten every single person on that expedition on that chain right. and it wouldn't have done anything. Right. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Nemesis. Violations of mythology and lore. Um, well, real quick, I wanted to touch on Gracie's point about the uh, the sounds and stuff. I, I, this is a pet peeve of me across multiple franchises. Uh, Batman, the whole Batman series was really bad at this. And the problem is, is that you have all sorts of costume designers, set designers, and sound designers yeah. who, who want to make a mark instead yeah. of be part of a franchise. So they want to do something different every time. And it, it happens in Marvel, too. There's always little tweaks to the costumes, little tweaks here, little tweaks there, because Lord knows we can't keep it consistent. And it, and it really bugs me. You know, some of the more egregious ones are the ones that really, really knock me, you know, knock me for a loop. But we know what, we're, what I'm talking about in Batman, you know, with bat nipples and all of that stuff, you know. So, but it, it's happened. It happened in Gotham. It's like they didn't need to change Gotham in the Batman movies at all from the first Batman. Mm. Looked great, and they kept having to do it. And eventually, they messed it up. So I that's all I say about that. Um, couple points on for each one. The aliens. To me, we have we firmly established that the alien, the xenomorph species, is the ultimate survivor. They're the ultimate survivor. They're they're now, you know, I think it's firmly established by this point that they're a hive. Uh, you know, colonization or what's the word I'm looking for? The colony. The yeah, yeah, they're a hive, they're a hive, you know, society. Yep, so the green is the most important. So, my problem with this whole movie is all these things get hatched, and they find the queen, they get her out, and their biggest concern is getting revenge on all of these things. The predators and the human beings and killing them it's like wouldn't she send all her drones to help her get the hell out of there away from people yeah. that are armed and everything and go up that ice i mean there's all of those drones should have been up that ice tunnel and be like hey we found the we found the exit let's go we can get <laughs> you out of here 
That's these right. People, these people can stay down here in the pyramid. We don't care about them. There's lots of other humans we can affect somewhere else. We're going. We're gone. You know, we're going to get on that ship and affect people on the ship, and then take that ship to South America, and then game over, man. You know, then you can start saying game over. It's in the ocean and done the same thing. Yeah, we've seen they can handle underwater just fine. Exactly. So it's like that from a purely uh, just society standpoint more standpoint makes no sense instead they're staying there and fighting it out you know why, why would they do that and it, it, absolutely no sense whatsoever if they're going to capture some people to make more drones that's fine but with the drones you have you're going to send at least some of them out there to try and find a way to get out so then let's go to the predator to the predators my problem with the predators the predators are stupid they're absolutely dumb and why do I and, and there's a couple things here. One is I think they messed their own lore up in the movie itself with if you stop and think about it with the whole setup for the game. So they send these guys in there to test their manhood and the reward is supposed to be their um plasma blasters, their their laser gun, their guns. Okay. So nothing is going on in this pyramid before they get to the guns. So in other words, they're getting a reward for walking through the pyramid. <laughs> Think about that. You're getting your, te your test of manhood. You're getting your right of manhood, your reward, the plasma blaster, which you're not allowed to have until you've earned your status as a warrior, before you've earned your status as a warrior. You've done nothing to that point. Then when you take the gun out, that's when the pyramid closes up and the things come up and everybody gets infected and we, we hunt. But what kind of hunt are we at that point? Because they got the guns. It's <laughs> over. It's over in 10 seconds. Right. So Damn, I hadn't thought they, of that. <laughs> they broke the whole concept of the movie right there. Right there. You know, it should have been you've got to fight your way to get to yeah. the guns. And then when you get there, you got the gun. Congratulations. You level up, get on the ship, go home make predator babies you know so <laughs> you know that's going on and then the other problem is okay they get there they find the guns are gone everything has gone to hell there's human beings messing with everything it's a whole mess okay the right of manhood is off at this point now granted you know i, I don't know as much about the predator lore as jeff does but this is obviously a, a military species i know that they have you know there's lore where they're very militaristic they operate as units they've conquered stuff and everything like that at that point, these three alien uh, predators should be working together as a squad hmm. to eliminate everything. And instead, they're going off Rambo style and getting killed one by one doing stupid stuff. It's like right then, someone would have stepped up as a leader or they would have collaborated and they would have been in ambush formations with the three of them and taking out groups of people and doing all their stuff. And it would have been over really quick because you know, it's a the party. Yeah, it's a it's a force multiplier, you know. Uh, three predators together is not predator times three. It's predator to the power of three, you know. Yeah. You know, so now you have a squad working together and taking out this bit, this bit here. The movie's over. It's done. We go home and we make predator babies again. So it, it it's it just makes no sense. They made the predators absolutely stupid, you know. Not to mention that we have to presume. That the rest of the the elders up there and the, the established warriors up on the ship are watching all this on CCTV or something. You know they're up there 
check it out. On Predator TV, yeah. Yeah, they're watching PTV up there. They see all this going to a mess. You're not saying Daddy Predator's coming down there to go get Junior and help him out, you know? I, you know, I understand the right of manhood and everything, and it's like, and, and I understand that culture to a certain extent, but when things go really wrong, you're not just saying, get there, even in an honorable society and everything, it's like when the things go to crap and no, they can't get the weapons, which were a real test anyway, but now the weapons are gone. You're like, we got a little problem. We got we to gotta go take care of this. It's like, we'll, we'll reset this whole thing in a minute. Maybe we'll capture some of the humans because until they prove themselves, they're just cannon fire. We don't care about them. We'll, we'll net them or hold them there and then kill what's happened and reset the whole thing. And, and we'll do manhood tests tomorrow. You know, we'll, 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 we'll get rid of all this and then we'll, we'll take care of that, you know, because there's a bunch of predators up there. So you're not telling me that if like 20 predators came down there, that would have just, it would have just wiped everybody out, captured what they need to do. And, and then it's game over again. So it, they just, they're, they're absolutely stupid. Nothing they do makes any intelligent sense unless it's a video game. So <laughs> it's a video game movie. Let me address that point very briefly so we can move on. In the comics, which were, once again, superior to this movie, uh, the writers obviously cared about this. They put a lot of thought into the lore, what had gone before, how this whole scenario should play out. So what happens is, is when they set up their game preserve on this unfortunate planet that's got human habitation, uh, they have a group of youngsters, and they're even marked by the fact that they have much smaller dreads, which, again, I, I wish they had done something to make these things look like juveniles or sub-adults. And they're led by a war chief. And he's like an overseer of the games. Now, he doesn't participate unless he needs to. But the rest of the Predators, you know, they're supposed to go earn their stripes. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, they run across a human by accident. Uh, the human panics, tries to take off. When he runs across these dangerous creatures, his, uh, his uh, little speeder skiff uh, crashes into the war chief. And the young Predators presume that he's dead. So they go off script. They're not just after aliens now. They're after humans everything's fair game because they don't have their authoritarian figure anymore. And they feel like, well, oh shit, we're screwed. We're stuck on this planet. You no, know, he's the guy who had the keys to the spaceship, this whole thing. Let's just kill everything. Keys to the and spaceship. <laughs> and, 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 and they show their experience because like one of them does dive into a whole mess of predators. I mean, aliens thing, and he's the baddest thing. And, uh, the person who has the, uh, uh I forget the, the climber chick's name. It was actually a, uh, a Japanese woman in this film, uh, in this book named Michiko. Uh, she actually gets adopted into the Predator Society. She gets the whole uh, mark of the acid and all that stuff. And uh, she she was a student of martial arts and uh, Japanese warrior culture. So she, well, you got her take on like, oh, this guy's like, he's powerful and all this, but he's making all these mistakes. And then later on, <coughs> when the line Predator comes back in, she can see a tremendous difference. Like he's using smart tactics, you know, like it would have been nice to have something like that play out. Or like Nemesis said, the, the alpha of that group should have stepped up and took charge of the situation. Yeah. Well, and it's like, I I've been in situations like this, you know, in a number of different things from, you know, uh, family stuff to military to everything where you go out, it's a test of manhood or a test to prove something, whatever. But when stuff goes wrong, the test is called off. And the person who is leading the test steps in to keep his charges safe or their charge or her charges safe, whoever's charge is safe, because that's your job. You know, so it's like if this 
you know, I understand this predator culture on a very visceral level. And mm-hmm. it's like, you, you, you put all this time and effort into the next generation and then you're just throwing them away. No, that's not the way it works. And I don't think that's the way the predators would work. You know, so it just makes no sense to me. It's stupid. It's dumb. And, and, and they acted stupid and dumb through the whole thing, you know, so they had, they had the difficulty settings turned down to zero. So, yeah. So they're like, Hey dad, can I buy the car key? <laughs> you ain't got your driver's license. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> like we would do, but anyway, anyway. <laughs> Uh, we're going to wrap it up with this last thing. First of all, something I forgot to mention earlier. I did not buy for a second that the Mayan slash Incan slash Aztec slash folks would just lay there and all get face hugged. Didn't buy that. Not all of them. Somebody would be screaming like, wait a minute, I changed my mind. But that leads me to this thing. And that is that what I thought was going to be the premise of the next movie was the fact that the queen alien was at the ocean floor because you can't do that. And she'd not fill that ocean floor with eggs. That yeah. is exactly what would happen. That's why I thought the next movie was going to pick up. That all of a Yeah, another party's going down there, and they see the same thing Kane saw. Kid, thousands of eggs on Ocean Florida. Like, what is this? And I'm like, of course, somebody's going to stick their face in it, and there we go. But anyway. Alien sharks and alien whales and alien <laughs> octopi, all kinds of cool Yeah, things. yeah, yeah, like gremlins too, like just all kind of thing, yeah. That Happy Feet 4, the alien sequel. <laughs> if you see an octopus alien, you better run with all the you got. I don't know what I'm saying. But anyway, but the way they actually did in the film was with our concept that, see, because, because I can tell when there's some people sitting in a room and they said, wouldn't it be cool if this happened? Because that's what the pred alien is. That's somebody that said that. Because, yeah. like we've already talked about, that thing shouldn't even hatched. And he was uncovered. And do you just leave dead bodies laying around? You don't have no type of embalming process. But then it hatches and you don't have no way to... Ca- uh, uh, anyway, so, so that ends up being the premise of the next movie, is that that ship that was leaving our atmosphere got overrun by this pred alien, which, by the way was suddenly grown, okay? That's the other thing we talked about, the time factor. Remember how fast a woman got chest bursted? How fast did those things become fully grown? You know, just like that, because the plot needed them to. So the final scene, again, is the chest burster with the pred alien coming out, and you see the mandibles and the dreadlocks on the little alien worm thingy. And I was like, I guess I was supposed to be scary or whatever, but I'm like, I can already tell y'all ain't gonna do this right. So we're not gonna dip it in next week, but I could just tell by that, I was like, uh, this thing could be really cool if you really blended the qualities of both creatures, which should be the idea yeah. behind an alien chest bursting out of a predator, but you won't, I, I just kind of knew that. And so when the movie ended kind of that way, I was like, it felt just very anticlimactic. I was like, okay, well, we're setting up a sequel, but I don't know. I don't know. So so all in all, when I get to the end of the film, you know, when I get to the end of Alien, I cared about Ripley because she survived and she came that close to going out. In the original script, she did go out. She wasn't supposed to survive, but they changed that to the last minute. In Alien, she literally fought her way back from 14 kinds of death and that's why we we gave them that ending because it was earned. In Alien 3, they just flushed all that down the toilet. But I still felt something when the movie ended. I just felt bad. When this movie ended, 
I felt like I just ate a big old bowl of popcorn with no butter and no salt. You ever had a, a bowl of popcorn like that? It's just like, uh, uh, it's flat. It's like cardboard. That's what it felt like. I was like, really? Really? Okay. Can I get my two hours back? Okay. I guess not. So uh, I'm going to throw it out to the panel and we're going to talk about just, you know, how you felt at the end when the queen goes to the bottom of the ocean and the baby predalien pops out and then the movie's over. How'd you feel? Uh, and we're going to close out on that. Go ahead, Steve. How'd you feel at movie's end? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't care. <laughs> I really didn't care. Uh, do I care about uh, the, the woman who survived? No. Uh, and, and I really like, how does she even get to civilization without freezing to death? <laughs> you know, how does she get to the ship without, you know, completely collapsing and freezing? Yeah, thanks, Brett Runners. <laughs> we really appreciate you're not helping. Um, so yeah, there's that. So I don't, and, and if she cared, do I care? Do I care? She does. No, I really don't because she had, she had no character arc. She didn't learn anything. Uh, she didn't fight for anything. Um, she didn't do anything in, that a half a million movie heroines have done. That's uh, and right. so I, and so I don't care if she comes back or not. Um, okay. The predator. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we'll probably see more of them later. Okay. Sucks that he's dead. Um, yeah, the, the whole business with the alien and the pred alien. No, I think that uh, the, the thing was, is that I did, I saw the first one and I didn't see the second one and I didn't remember why I saw the second, didn't see the second one other than, okay, the movie was just okay. And I didn't care. Um, there was that, but there's also the, the bit that I just don't buy this ending. There's no way that, that the predators would have let this happen. Mm -hmm. There is absolutely no way that they didn't see this thing. There's no way that they didn't plan on this thing kind of thing happening there. And so I do not even buy the premise of, of whatever they do with the sequel. Uh, so, you know, why do I care about that? And then, okay, the alien gets dropped into the ocean floor. Oh, all right. Well, that happened. Um, <laughs> maybe she'll come back. Maybe she won't. Of course, you know, no, they're never going to explain, you know, how, uh, how the aliens don't spread, you know, all across earth and the, and the rest of the world becomes earth hive. But you know, I, I, yeah. And I think my main thing is I just don't care. Uh, well, I, I have no investment in anything. Wait till you get to the next film. If you've never seen Requiem. Yeah, I've never oh, the, oh, the stupid turns up to 11. So <laughs> if you're oh, experiencing uh, it for the lovely. first time, you're going to be lovely. shaking your head till your neck hurts on this one. Yeah. Also, we kind of instinctively knew we'd never see the Sanaa Lathan character again. Because because she wasn't a ripper, she had no art. So why would we care? Go ahead, Nemesis. How do you feel at movie's end? Um. Yeah. Let Let's where do I start? <laughs> uh, let's start with the alien queen. I, I don't understand this at all. I think she's still alive. I think it makes no sense at all. We've already seen in Aliens that she rode up on a ship through an atmosphere out into the at to the cold of space, survived that whole time. So. She doesn't need oxygen or can hold her breath for a long time or something. I don't know how they breathe. That's not established. Uh, cold, extreme cold doesn't affect her. You know, she's been in the cold of space. So what is the, the cold of the ocean going to do to her? You know, nothing. Yeah. Uh, pressure, maybe. I don't know. That's not been established. So it's like, to me, she didn't really die. She's just, I don't know where she is. She's down there hanging out with whales and sharks and all that other stuff like we were talking about before. Um, her, them leaving the character there, 
yeah, that didn't make any sense to me. You know, when they let her keep the weapon, I was like, no, you keep the weapon. You give me a ship or something. You know, it's like, you give me a lift, give me a ride. Uh, didn't matter. I really didn't care one way or the other. But yeah, my first, my thought when I saw the end of that was, yeah, she's dead. There's no way. And, and I guess maybe people are on the boat, but even that doesn't make sense. Because like you're saying, she's going to get on the boat and she's got this giant shield of uh, alien head and some spear. And then be like, um, yeah, no, you know, it's like, and, and when they get into, into port, she's going to be in quarantine and she's going to disappear into area 51 for mm -hmm. the rest of her life. She, you know, she'll, she'll never be seen again. So that character is gone. You know, one way or the other, she is, she is out of here. Um, now for alien requiem and the ending, the actual ending of the film, I have seen 10 minutes of that movie. When it first came out, I was like, I enjoyed Alien AVP as an experience. It's just something to turn my brain off and watch some some stuff, you know? So I was like, <laughs> okay. But I watched AVP uh, Requiem and couldn't get past the first 10 minutes. And it was for the same reason I had a problem with the end of this movie. And it goes to what Steve was saying. All right, let's 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 suppose for a moment that they're idiots and they brought this corpse on board. They didn't see the, the what was just standing in there and everything else. You're telling me that a ship full of predators including some of the high-ranking chieftains and everything. I don't care if it is an alien predator, you know, hybrid. Pops out. There's no technology on the ship to warn them that there's a, a species, you know, a xenomorph species on the ship, and it kills all the predators? It crashes the ship? That's what you're trying to get me to believe? This this apex predator species? No. 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 no so, so right there, the whole movie makes no sense to me because i'm like yeah that thing could pop out and survive for about 10 minutes you know and the other predators would be like oh yeah we got we get to relive our glory days when we did our you know little battle and then we made predator babies now we get to kill something take that home to you know mama predator and they're going out there and they're killing the new alien predator and it's a new head on the wall that's all that that is the whole movie that should have been avp2 a thing hatched ran around the ship for about 10 minutes they killed it and then we get to see predator party for the remaining hour and 20 minutes that should have been the movie so yeah the whole premise takes no sense to me at all well you know at the end of predator 2 we see them all decloak and they surround danny glover so it's their honor that stopped them from killing him i guess but if they hadn't had said honor danny glover is toast yeah, that's the same thing that should have happened to that pred alien because you got a ship full. They should have just circled you, and it's over. Anyway, go ahead, Bracey. How'd you feel in movies in? Yeah, uh, for my part, uh, and I'm getting this mostly from the video games. I guess it makes sense to me as well because aliens don't have eyes. I, I don't think they need eyes to detect predators. So cloaking is more for species that rely on sight. Yeah, it's still a valuable tool, though. Obviously. Um, I was kind of like, yeah, you know, that was that was kind of sort of fun, but like I wasn't super hyped. Even seeing like the 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 Pred Alien come out, I was kind of like, ooh, you know, I'd seen a Pred Alien in the comics, I'd seen the Pred Alien from video games. I liked the idea of Pred Alien, so I was on board for the next movie, Requiem, which actually we'll get into next time. I enjoyed more than this because it gave me more and better monster fights. I felt like it it got into it right away. It understood what kind of movie it was. It didn't try to be something else. It didn't try to be a video game movie. Uh, but yeah, I've already explained how I think like she can get back to the ship. Uh, maybe there's some 
equipment, like she's still ready. Hey, call, send out a snowcat, or maybe I got a snowcat, or maybe she can take uh, some some cold weather gear off of one of the many slaughtered bodies that are up top. Uh, but again, that's me having to do the work. But you know, sometimes movies end with like a little ambiguous thing. It's like the end of the Sopranos. Sometimes you do have to write the story. Uh, I wish they could have hyped me more uh, for Requiem. And they, they failed to do that by the way they filmed um, the end shot of this movie. Now, I'm, I'm in agreement with you guys as far as the Alien Queen. She's down there. She's making eggs. It, the world is overrun very quickly. <laughs> um, it's the thing, but the thing gets out of Antarctica. We're screwed. On board the ship, uh, we've got this unnaturally fast gestation, because that's an established thing for this movie for some reason, because we'll find out in Requiem. It, it grows up super fast and kills all the predators. And uh, apparently somebody was paying attention to the technology, because, again, that's something that pops up in uh, Requiem, that uh, Yutani and the, uh, the government are all aware, like, oh, we're going to get some alien technology. As like you said, uh, that chick's disappearing into a black site, and we've got the gaffy stick, uh, we're... we're studying this thing forever. Our combi stick. You know, Star Wars. Now, um, you guys might not know, but uh, I also spent some time as a filmmaker. Uh, and I, I really studied the craft when I was into it. Uh, and uh, being an artist as well, I tend to think visually. Uh, so I understand what makes for good shots, uh, having been a sequential artist. And to have this, like, long shot and then just see, like, this, like, little, you know, spaghetti sauce flying. And then this this noodle comes up out of the uh, out of the cream of mushroom soup. It's not even, like, the glowing blood. It's just, like, covered in gray goo. And I'm like, oh, man, you, you can't even appreciate this thing the way you could the, like, the alien chestburster in the first movie. It just, it looks like... It, it looked half-assed, like like an afterthought. Like maybe somebody, maybe somebody even said, like you know, we, we might have a chance to do something later. Like let's throw this scene together real fast because that's how it came across to me. I would have built up some tension, uh, which apparently is not Anderson's strength. Uh, although he did it successfully in Event Horizon, I don't know where he falls falls short on uh, other films. But you know, you you might you can start with that wide long shot of the body and you close in. Maybe see like the the predator's fingers twitch a little bit, like oh oh maybe this cat's not dead yet, you know maybe he can warn his fellows. Uh, his eyes snap open, and he, he like tries to get up, you know like he closes on me, like falls back and he starts writhing around. His, his his mandibles flare open. He tries to make a noise, but it's just a strangled sound, so it doesn't alert anybody. And then you see the chest starting to ripple and pop, and the armor you know, buckle snap loose. Then the thing bursts up in, in a very visceral way. That would have been engaging. This was just like, hey, and next week on Batman. <laughs> and not impressive at all. And uh, it, I, I did want I did see the following movie because I did want to see a Pred Alien, but they, it wasn't anything they did that hooked me. It was the fact that I understood this was a thing in other media that I wanted to see. Well, your description of it was actually more interesting than what was on film. Mm -hmm. What you just said sounded way better than what they shot. So make an audio book and we'll all buy it. <laughs> and on that note, 
We're going to wait for Bracey's Predalien audiobook because it'll be better. So on that note, we're going to call this one. Um, I wouldn't even call it a popcorn movie because it's not a, that interesting. It's a shut your brain off movie. Don't think. Just watch. And then Fast. move on to the next one. That's about <laughs> the extent of this film, which is kind of a shame for monsters that are this iconic and classic. But we're going to talk some more about that because when we get to the the new Ridley Scott films, the, the lore takes another turn and another twist and goes in a whole nother direction. And uh, so I don't know. They lost it in Alien 3. That's what everybody knows. Y'all should have stopped there. But anyway, we'll get there. I want to thank my co-host. Thank you so much, Nemesis. Uh, no problem. Uh, always glad to talk to you about the Van Wilder of the Alien franchise. So. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Bracey. Hey, a pleasure as always. Uh, you know, uh, we've said this before and we'll say it again. Like, we, we're so passionate about this because we are fans. Uh, we love this material. Uh, we love the things that have been created. And that's the only reason why we it, – it's not just a writing exercise for us, but we, we get so in-depth because we are genuine fans of this stuff. And so we want to see the best you can give us. So, you know, if don't get in your feels about it. Like, if you enjoy the film, that's great. If not, that's great as well. <laughs> Thank you so much, Steve. Yeah, uh, I will just say uh, I have no time to bleed. <laughs> and believe me, we're going to be doing a lot more bleeding within the next couple of weeks <laughs> with these movies. It's just, yeah, I mean, it's kind of unfortunate because it's like the potential was there to be a good movie um, and to do something inciting. And instead, they just did, you know, the, the most low effort, you know, movie that I've seen. And this is still better than most of the. Uh, post uh, Alien 2 movies uh, somehow, despite that. So, yeah, you can get it what it is. All right, folks. Thanks for tuning in. We always try to give you insights based on being fans, based on being writers ourselves, things we would do differently, you know, just to give you some food for thought when you're out there creating your content. Remember all this stuff that we're talking about. We're not the only people that feel this way, mm -hmm. okay? When you get that general reaction from the audience, you should listen to it because feedback from your target audience is the most valuable resource that you have. When you can hear people give honest reactions to your content, you know how to tweak, you know what to do, you know what they want to see more of. Even that is a lost art in these days, but that's why we do what we do because we want to create good stuff and we want to watch good stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. Thanks so much. Check out the other uh, shows we have on the United Capes podcast network. And we will see you next time on the next episode of Sloppy Spoilers. And we...